me to Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. That's on page 1830, if you're using one of our Pew Bibles. Page 1830. I want you to think about what you're thinking about right now. You might be thinking at this moment that this is my favorite part of the service because Roger's going to preach. You might be thinking that. You are now, aren't you? Yeah. You might be thinking, I hope he doesn't talk too long because I'm hungry. I need lunch. You might be thinking about something that's going to happen this week. You might be thinking about something that's happened in the past that's troubling you. You could be thinking about many things right now. Have you ever come across somebody who's just kind of sitting there, kind of staring off into space? And you say, what are you doing? Just thinking. What are you thinking about? Nothing. I don't know how to think about nothing. Have you ever thought about nothing? The more I try not to think of things, the more I think of things. You know, if I were to stand here and say, during the rest of this service, I do not want any of you to ever think about an elephant. Do not think about his long trunk. Do not think about his big ears. Do not think about his tusk, how, what color he is, how big he is. Uh, do not think about elephants. How many of you are thinking about elephants? See, see, it, it just, it, the very fact that I have thoughts in my head mean I'm thinking about something. So this morning I want us to think about what we think about <laughs> and how right thinking at the right moment leads to right doing, right action. You know, the Bible actually has quite a bit to say about thinking. In Psalm 94.11, it says, The Lord knows the thoughts of a man and a woman and a teenager and a child. The Lord knows your thoughts. Does that bother anybody? <laughs> I find that a bit intimidating. Because to be honest with you, there are some thoughts I would just as soon he not know. I can keep my thoughts private and secret from the rest of the world, but I cannot keep my thoughts from God. There are times I have selfish thoughts. There are times that I have angry thoughts. There are times when my thoughts are just plain ungodly. <laughs> and I really would he just not, not know about it. But here's the upside of this. The fact that he knows everything I'm thinking and loves me anyway unconditionally without question 
is very special to me. The one who knows me best loves me most. And that's not always true in this world. <laughs> but it is for God. God understands that we struggle with our thinking. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. God understands that as sinful human beings, we struggle to think rightly. And because we struggle to think rightly, we struggle to do rightly. That is why when we put our faith in Jesus, he does something very special for us. He gives us a life coach. You know what a life coach is? I was not real familiar with that term. Uh, I always thought a life coach was just another way of saying therapist. <laughs> you know, somebody that you could talk to about your feelings and emotions and kind of sort through your past and, and work out problems you were having. But a life coach is not that. A life coach is someone who comes alongside you and who helps you to move forward in your life. When you have decisions to make, they will sit down with you and help you work through like the pros and the cons and help you decide what's the best decision for you at this moment. A life coach. And, and that is the function of the Holy Spirit in our life. That's God's life coach. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we put our faith in Him, He sends us His Spirit, His life coach. And if we allow Him to, He will help to shape our thoughts, to guide our thoughts, to correct our thoughts, so that we can be the people that He wants us to be. The more we grow as a Christian, the more we desire the thoughts of God rather than our own. David talked about this in Psalm 139, 17. He said, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Now the problem is not that we have wrong thoughts from time to time. The problem is what we do with them when we get them. As human beings, certain things are going to come to our minds. Certain thoughts are going to pass through our head. But do I stop those thoughts? Do I dwell on those thoughts? Do I allow our enemy, the devil, to take those thoughts and turn them into temptation which leads me to sin? Or do I allow my life coach, the Holy Spirit, to take those thoughts and say, these aren't thoughts you want to have. These aren't thoughts that are going to move you forward in your relationship with God. These are not thoughts that are going to make your life better. So let's move those thoughts on. You know, a good example is uh, anger. I had an experience yesterday. I was doing a funeral, uh, Frank Plant funeral at uh, Dunahay Funeral Home. Sorry, Corey. I, I know. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, when, when you go to Dunahage, you, you go through the stoplight there at J Street, and you immediately then have to go left. And so I wait patiently at the stoplight. I ease forward a little bit, got my turn signal on, and I'm waiting to turn left. The guy who was behind me was apparently impatient. He was in a big old pickup truck, and when I looked up in my mirror, he was coming fast. He hit his brake, because I guess he was not expecting me to stop again, even though my signal was on indicating that. And he wanted me to get over. There is, a, there is a lane to turn left if you're coming south on Anderson Street, onto Jay. But there is no left turn lane there going into Dunahay's. And there's just two yellow lines, uh, which I was sitting on my side of. But he wanted me to move over into the other lane of traffic. And so he laid on his horn. I'm not talking beep, 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 for about 15 seconds while I'm waiting for oncoming traffic. That's going to sound really good on the radio, isn't it? That is going to be great. I hope he doesn't cut that out. Uh, and I began to have some thoughts. Huh? Think about what you would think about if that happened to you. Huh? Have you got a mental picture? <laughs> you might need to call in the life coach about now. <laughs> Say, help me, Jesus. Uh, here was my overriding thought. I'm going to put my car in park. I'm going to... I am going to get out of my car. I'm going to walk back to this guy. And he's going to put his window down to wonder what I'm there for. And I'm going to proceed to tell him that I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do according to the law. And I'm not going to break the law for his impatience. And I'm going to say it in a very respectful, kind way. No, I'm not. That was my thought. And then my next thought was, what are you talking about at church tomorrow? That's The downside of preaching is you nail yourself more than you nail anybody else. What are you going to talk about tomorrow? Oh, I'm going to talk about right thinking. So we have right doing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I get to see the Holy Spirit in there going, Yes. So why don't you practice that? So I did not get out, put my car in park. I did not get out of my car. I did not engage this person. I sat there patiently till the traffic cleared, and then I pulled in. I'd like to tell you that's just what happens every time, but not always. But see, that's, that's why we need God's Spirit in our life, because... If it weren't for my life coach at that moment, I probably would have done something regretful. The guy was a lot bigger than me. <laughs> it just might have made the call leader. Yeah, it just uh, there are just all kinds of things that could have gone wrong at that moment in that situation. But my life coach talked me out of it. Well, after declaring how precious God's thoughts are, he invites God to help him with his. David does. 
We, we read that one verse from Psalm 139. Let me read you another one. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Trust me and know my anxious thoughts. In other words, he's inviting God into his mind. Lord, I want you to help me with my thinking because I know I don't do it right much of the time. Uh, in high school philosophy class, we studied Descartes. And his famous quote is, I think, therefore I am. Pretty smart guy, actually. He understood that the way we think affects who we are and what we do. Good thinking leads to good acting. Bad thinking or wrong thinking leads to wrong acting. And anxious and fearful thinking lead to anxious and fearful being. Think about how many times in the course of a day your thoughts are focusing around something that produces worry, anxiety, or fear. Do we think about those things more than we think about our blessings? I like what Robert Morgan said. He said the way to overcome anxiety is to replace worried thoughts with worthy thoughts. I like that. I wish I could say smart things like that. I've got to come up with things like that. We want to replace worried thoughts with worthy thoughts. And that leads us to where our scripture is. In Philippians 4, verse 8. The Apostle Paul tells us what those worthy thoughts should be. He said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What difference would it make in our lives if our thoughts focused around those things rather than the things that often fill our minds? How much more peaceful and calm would our lives be if we filled our thoughts with things that are true and right and noble and pure and lovely and admirable. But that leaves the question, how do we do that? How do we change the way we think? Well, I mentioned one way. We allow our life coach, the Holy Spirit, through faith in Jesus Christ, to have influence over our thinking, to guide our thinking, to correct our thinking. You know, for, for a while, people wore these little armbands that said WWJD. What would Jesus do? 
I think we need to have some new ones made. WWJT. What would Jesus think? If he were in this situation, what would he think? If he had somebody sitting behind him laying on the horn, what would he think? If he was dealing with what I'm dealing with, what would he think? And then try to imitate those thoughts ourselves. We also need to think about all the ways that our thoughts are influenced. What do we allow to influence our thoughts? Think about what you read. Think about what you watch, what you listen to, the people you are around that you relate to. How do those things influence your thinking? Do they lead you toward that which is true and right and noble and pure and lovely and admirable? Or do they take you in another direction? But he doesn't stop there. The, he, he adds verse 9, and, and I want to add that as well. After telling us what we should think about... He said, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, Jesus taught us a fundamental law of nature. A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. So doesn't it stand to reason that good thoughts, right thoughts, true thoughts, noble thoughts, pure thoughts, lovely thoughts, admirable thoughts, doesn't it stand to reason that those things will produce good actions, good behavior, good living. Whereas Wrong thoughts will lead us to wrong behavior. You know, that's why most diets don't work. Because we set out to lose weight. I'm going to lose 20 pounds, so I'm going to stop eating chocolate. I'm going to stop, you know, eating desserts. I'm going to cut back on this. I'm not going to have that. I'm no longer going to go there because I always eat the wrong things. I, I have all these behavior changes I'm going to make to lose weight. But all of the time I'm doing that, I'm eating the salad thinking about fried chicken. I'm just telling you. Believe me, I know of what I speak. I, I'm, I'm, I'm living it. The whole time I'm eating the carrot sticks and the celery, I'm thinking about mashed potatoes and gravy. The whole time I'm eating my fat-free Greek yogurt, 
I'm thinking about chocolate cake and ice cream with syrup on top. Oh, I can't do this no more. I'm getting, uh, it's like, come on. Give me strength, Lord. Give me strength. I'm making myself really hungry. You know what I'm thinking about now? <laughs> Food. Man. But see, diets don't work because I change my behavior, but my thoughts are the same. And so eventually I'm going to give up the behavior changes and say, well, that didn't work. <laughs> now, if I want to change my behavior with regard to eating, I have to change the way I think about eating. And I have to allow my mind to come around to the point that I understand why eating these things is better for me than eating these things. And that I eventually reach a point where I actually want those things. I'm a long way from there. But I'm, I'm heading that direction. I, I like the way Paul sums it up. He tells us those things we should think about, and then he sums it all up by saying whatever is excellent and praiseworthy. So if you can't remember the six things, the true, right, noble, pure, lovely, and admirable, if you can't remember those, just remember the two. Excellent and praiseworthy. If anything is excellent and praiseworthy, he doesn't just say think about it. He started out by saying think on these things. And then he ends up saying now put them into practice. Let your right thinking translate itself into right doing, right being, right living. And that's what I want us to do this week. Think about what you think about. And if there are things in your life that you want to change, if you want to grow closer to the Lord, if you want to be a more kind and patient person, if you want to be more compassionate, if you want to be someone who not only sees the opportunities around them to serve Christ, but actually does it, you begin with this. Think about these things. Then put them into practice. Let's pray together. Father, I'm so grateful that you teach us in your word not only what to do, but how to think. Because you know that we will never be the people you have created us to be and called us in Christ to be until we deal with our thoughts and we get them in the right place. Father, forgive us when we think our own way, when we ignore our life coach, the Holy Spirit, when we continue to follow a path that leads us into temptation and sin and help us every day not only to do what's right but to think what's right for it's in Christ's name we pray amen